The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Always good to have you with us. Thanks a lot for being a valued and consistent listener of the Advisors Roundtable. And we appreciate our sponsors, too, making this thing available throughout the state and various at various times and on various stations. And also on the inner workings of the web on supertalk.fm. So, Bubba, uh, aren't you just trying to control me? I mean, all this discussion about financial planning and budgets and consistent savings and investing and having an idea about a retirement plan and, and, a, and, and a will, aren't you just trying to control me and, and limit me and, and not allow me to be me? Um. Uh, no, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh-huh. So, um, just from experience, the things that I have seen over over the years of my career, right, mm. and personal experience as well, uh, people dying without wills, not having the appropriate amount of life insurance, disability insurance, mm. uh, looking at in investments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do they have enough uh, in savings for mm-hmm. their retirement? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and it comes from a general uh, general sense of care about individuals, uh, right? Yeah. So is your now is whether you, you do it or not? Uh, I can't control that. Ah. Uh, uh, so the control. But if you come thing. to me, if you come uh-huh. to me and you say I need help, I want to help. Uh huh. Yeah. So do you think there are two different kinds of people in the world, where one set of people are the ones that just want to voice it, they uh-huh. just want you to hear their problem. They got to get it out, They're, but they really don't want to hear your solution. There are other people who come with a pro, a problem. They want you to tell you how to you know mm-hmm. tell me how to fix the small engine. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and and you know what do I need to do and, and and how do I need to handle and and how do I need to store it and what kind of engine oil do I need to use and and, and, and fuel and I, you know, really tell me the truth. Or other people yeah. just want to say you know my lawnmower hardly ever starts. Some people come in and they, they like you're saying you know they they say well my my lawnmower hardly ever starts mm. or. Or my financial know, life's my, in the ruins. In the ruins, right? Right, and I'm about to file bankruptcy, and you know, mm-hmm. some of them are wanting uh, validity in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They want to say, uh, "Well, I, you know, I went and talked to a professional, and, and <laughs> whether I listened to him, whether or I, not. they listened to me or not, right? right. Yeah, my um, grandmother used to say, "I went yeah. to the doctor." Well, did you do what he said? Well, I don't remember that, but I went to the doctor, yeah, right? And, uh-huh. and exactly what you're saying. Some people go in or come in and, and, you know, we'll we'll talk to them or give them advice, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then they don't follow up on the, the advice. They think just because they've discussed it, they've addressed everything and taken care of it. Oh, so there's a difference between discussing and addressing. Right. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, I am. All right. So most american adults at some time with somebody have discussed their financial life mm-hmm. 
may be their spouse, it may be their mother, it may be their co-worker, it may be a professional. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. They've discussed it. But addressing it, huh? Right. That's the part where I think you're controlling Mm -hmm. me, man. Because, you know, this addressing thing, like you address your physical Mm -hmm. problem. You go to the doctor and you've discussed it. And then he or she writes this prescription. Mm Mm-hmm. And it says, Bubba, here's XYZ med. And you're supposed to take it three times a day with food and with water. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, by the time you come back, I want you to lose 10 pounds. Well, now, isn't that getting a little personal? Huh? Could be. Is that the way it probably is going to be related to my financial life, getting it cleaned up? As sometimes even more personal. Ooh. How's that? Um, uh, they... I wonder sometimes why I didn't major in psychology. Um, and I, Would have helped. I, I j- jokingly say there's a reason why we have big sofas in our office, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because many times uh, I feel like uh, the issues that individuals have from a financial basis, et cetera, et cetera, are psychological mm. and, and or emotional, okay. right? Which could be, I guess, considered some of the same thing. Okay. We've discussed this with Sandra Decker, the, the counselor right. that we have mm-hmm. on the show quite often and going to have her on again soon within the next couple of weeks. And one of the things she says is that part of the definition of a psychological problem is a problem that you've never addressed. Right. That you're... In the mood not to be in the mood, mm-hmm. huh? You just you are just constantly avoiding it. Yeah, huh? Don't bring up that subject. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about balancing my checkbook. You know I don't like to do that. Yeah. Don't talk about my four hundred one k. Yeah, I've been working there five years and not participated yet, but I just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It, it. Don't bring up life insurance. That's too expensive, and it makes the insurance companies rich, and I don't want to be part of that you know we we go from just avoiding things to other parts of our psyche and our financial lives and our physical lives whatever part we're actually looking at at the time we uh, we come up with rationalizations mm-hmm. like the rationalization related to life insurance oh, i want to make the insurance company rich because i ain't going to die within the next 20 years mm-hmm. you hope you're not oh you're not promised tomorrow, though. I'm not. What and and like you say, with rationalization, I, I, I think many times individuals come in uh, to the office and they've got an issue or a problem or something that needs to be addressed, but there's mm-hmm. really another another issue or problem that's the root cause of, of oh. this issue. Oh, really? Oh, really? And they yeah. may think all day long, well, I'm coming in to see you about mm-hmm. X, and it's really Y that we need to address. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm coming in, I'm in my late 50s, early mm-hmm. 60s. I want to start talking to you about retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to concentrate on retirement. I want to talk about retirement, Bubba. What's retirement going to look like? Mm-hmm. When can I turn on the retirement thing? And pretty soon you find out that I've got a spending issue. Right. One of the reasons that my retirement's going to be farther out on the mm-hmm. timeline, and I'm not going to be able to do it at 62 or 65. It may be 67 or 70. Right. Because I've got a spending problem. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to talk about my spending problem. Right. I want to talk about you fixing my retirement mm-hmm. problem. So is some of this also transference where i got a problem with myself and I want to transfer it to you? Right. Mm. Well, there are three or four of these issues 
that we have when we talk to people that they're probably avoiding. I want to peel back the onion and reveal them to the light of day today. Okay. And talk about those here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And Bubba, we're talking about things about our financial life we really don't want to address. We've put them in the closet. We've hidden them away like the crazy cousin. And we really don't want to bring them out to the light of day. And so therefore, because they're hidden and they haven't been addressed, they still affect us. All right. One is adult responsibility. I don't really want to talk to you about the full extent of what my adult responsibility Uh is. I'm going to pick on you. You're a grown-up. You're over age 40. You're a professional. Your wife's a professional. Let's talk about grown-up responsibilities you have in your life. You got a responsibility as a husband? Yeah. You got a responsibility as a dad? As a dad. Got a responsibility as a citizen. Mm-hmm. Got a responsibility to yourself. Right. Got a responsibility to partners, to employers, to employees. I mean, I keep going on. Have I burdened you down enough yet? Well, and that's before we even get to talking about, you know, responsibilities at church and, mm-hmm. you know, civic organizations. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, b- before long there, we'd, we'd listed about 10 or 12 mm-hmm. things that right now you have the burden. Right. Do you see them as burdens? These responsibilities, these issues, these things. Being a husband, being a dad, being a citizen, being a partner, being an employer, and being uh, are those burdens? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I could. It could be described as a burden. Okay. But I think in many of those cases, it was a burden brought on by a decision. Okay. I chose to get married. We chose to have children. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I chose to get into business. Mm-hmm. I chose to have employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you say you brought some of this on yourself? I think I think just about all of it you <laughs> bring on about, about by yourself, right? Other than the initial responsibility you have to yourself mm-hmm. to keep yourself clean, to pay your own bills, to you know mm-hmm. wash your own car, to make sure that the oil gets changed, like so. All those are your whether you are a dad or mm-hmm. a husband or a business partner or an employer, right? right? Mm-hmm. So on top of those, and I, I listed five or six that just Bubba by himself sure. has response. I mean, you know, washing your own hair and all mm-hmm. those sorts of things. You, a, a lot of people listening to me say, those are trivial, Greg. You don't have to talk about those. Have you been to Walmart lately <laughs> and smelled the dude next to you? Yeah. I mean, really? Huh? Mm-hmm. In the fuzzy slippers? Right. We, we, have you been to that? Speaking of, I'm mm-hmm. going to do on, on a little tangent here. Have you ever gone to that, wa- that uh, website called Walmartians? I have not. Oh, buddy. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm sorry for the people at Walmart. I'm not picking on you. I could do it for any other retail establishment Mm -hmm. or whatever. But, you know, it's pictures that have been taken Mm -hmm. of strangeness. I'm not going to say strange people, Mm -hmm. but strangeness that happens in Walmart. Yeah. Uh, And it's pretty entertaining. So if you ever got a down moment, go to Walmart and pull it up. I was watching a video clip uh, last night or this I can't remember when it was, uh, but it was basically in a courtroom setting, 
and there was uh this is a real thing real thing okay real thing uh a dad and a mom who had been separated divorced Mm -hmm. dad was uh being petitioned to pay more child support and the judge went into this line of questioning to the mother and said you know where's your child during the day well the child's at school and where do you live well i live with my mother you know um and what do you do during the day Mm -hmm. Uh, and the lady said nothing and the judge said and you're asking for more child support when you you've got the capability to go out and work Uh, i don't know why that popped into my head but it's kind of one of those things where you've got to take some responsibility for yourself Uh to better your situation Uh and some of these responsibilities Mm -hmm. to yourself bleed over into your financial life right Right? Mm-hmm. You wonder why you can't get a job. Uh, maybe change your clothes every now and then and take a bath. Mm-hmm. Maybe brush your teeth and brush your hair. Yeah. Uh, maybe improve your grammar a little. I mean, there are yeah. some things about you, your personal responsibility yeah. to yourself. Wonder why you can't get a job? Mm-hmm. Do you have a valid driver's license and a pulse? Can you pass a drug test? Can you pass a drug <laughs> Can you show up on time? I mean, we're getting really personal here. Right. You know, you know, and some people in the world just now turned us mm-hmm. off. But... The point is that these responsibilities you have to yourself and to those people around you, mm-hmm. the collateral in your life, the connections you have in your life, also have some financial ramifications, right? Before we get into the financial ramifications, mm-hmm. um, I think that having some responsibilities right. uh, is a very good thing. Oh. And the reason I say that it's a very good thing right. is because... Uh, if you don't have any responsibility, then, you know, why would you have any motivation to do anything right? Uh, so if you do have some of these things that you've got to take, or responsibilities as we're talking mm-hmm. about, it mm-hmm. gives you the motivation to wake up every day and take care of these, right? Right. right. So if you don't have any motivation to get up in the morning and go mm-hmm. do things, mm-hmm. are you going to take care of yourself? Uh, or others. Or others. Yeah. Or your plan. Mm-hmm. Or the future. Or care about your country right. or care about your community or care about your church or your civic mm-hmm. organization. So that's a, that's a mm-hmm. really good point. And as we apply all these responsibilities to our financial life, I'm going to go through them one at a mm-hmm. time for you, you, you. You're married. You got some financial responsibilities to your wife. Mm-hmm. Whether you had kids or not before you had, Whether kids, you had kids or not. Right. Yeah. Did you have some financial responsibilities? Yeah. Did you kind of pledge that on the day you got married? For better, for worse, richer or poorer. Right. Did you say all those words? I did. What'd that really mean? Huh? Is it just something the mm-hmm. preacher or the justice of peace made you go through? Or did it have some effect on your life? Well, I, it, it's a binding contract. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get technical about it, right? Yeah. 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 And so your financial responsibility to your wife, richer, poorer, better, worse, uh, sickness and death, mm-hmm. uh, all, forsaking all others, all those things in this part of this binding contract, the financial side of it is, uh, did you guys borrow money together, mm-hmm. get a mortgage? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you've got some kind of responsibility to help her out mm-hmm. in some way with this debt. Right. Okay. What if you ain't here? Huh? The mortgage still needs to be paid. Ooh. Yeah, the bank still wants their money. How are you going to pay the mortgage from your grave? Um, unless you've got uh, enough life insurance mm-hmm. to pay it off. But again, that's another responsibility. Uh, 
as part of yeah. that financial responsibility mm-hmm. you got to the wife. Yeah. Now, some of these are financial responsibilities. Or, or you've worked for a number of years and you're, you're um, financially stable enough to be what I would call self-insured. Explain that. What's self-insured? Uh, you get to a point where you don't need life insurance. And you say, well, why don't you need life insurance? Well, I've done a good job of saving money up until this point. And if I were to die, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have some extra money and it'd be gravy, but mm-hmm. I don't need the life insurance in order for my loved ones to carry on their lives. Okay. All right. Is that a goal? Yeah. For me, it is. It's a goal. I think not- it should be a goal for, for most everybody. Okay. So it's a goal for you not to have to pay the premium. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the, me- in the meantime, you're paying the premium. Yes, I am. Until you get to point you feel like you're mm-hmm. financially set enough you don't need that life insurance right. in your in your life mm-hmm. anymore along the way you said that you're saving money and yeah. watching your dollars but you're also paying down the debt right so if originally you and your wife got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage mm-hmm. 10 years later i hope you owe less than a hundred and right right and 10 years after that mm-hmm. maybe it's gone if you've got a $5,000 balance on your credit cards, maybe two years later, you've got that paid down to nothing. You don't want to see that at $7,000 worth of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so you have a financial responsibility to your spouse. Mm-hmm. You've got financial responsibility to yourself. You want to retire one day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or at least be in the position to be able to do that, to have the flexibility to do that. And, and I think that's that on a, on a more personal level, mm-hmm. I want to have the flexibility and ability to retire if I want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wake up when you're yeah. 65 and, you know, you say, hey, I only want to go in yeah. on Tuesday and Wednesday and mm-hmm. Thursday. Huh? Yeah. I've, and and when, it come, when it comes to life insurance, I've actually got two goals. For life insurance. Yeah, I need life insurance now until I get reach that point where I feel like I'm self-insured. Mm. But at some point, I'd really like to be required or, or need life insurance again because I'm so wealthy, I've got an estate tax issue. <laughs> really Those are good. personal goals, yeah. though, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, how do you do that? Let's talk technically here for a minute or two before our next break. You, you made a good point there. Let's say that, you know, uh, now it's almost $12 million you mm-hmm. have to be worth before you have to worry about estate taxes. But let's say that you're worth $15 million. Okay. And right. I know that everything above $12 million is going to be taxed at about 50%. So I've got, uh, in essence, a $1.5 million tax liability should I kick the bucket today. But aren't life insurance proceeds considered as part of that estate? And so you'd be pay, using yeah. the life insurance to pay a tax on what the life insurance added to? or Depends it, on how you own the life oh. insurance. So if I own the life insurance individually, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. I'm worth $15 million, mm-hmm. and I own the life insurance in, individually and I own a million-dollar policy, right. uh, then that just throws me into a higher tax bracket. Could you but, be worth sixteen million? I could be uh, right. If we, if we technically sixteen math, million, right. and right. I would owe more tax, okay. another half million dollars. So you can. So what it. would I do? Right. You know, I could I, I could have a trust own my life insurance. Mm. I could have a spouse own my life insurance. Uh, uh, a number of different ways to accomplish that. Okay. All right. So it's the, not such a big deal today as it was mm-hmm. a number of years ago yeah. when the estate tax exemption was six hundred thousand. Right. 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 But for some people, it's still an issue, mm-hmm. and there are what, planning mechanisms around it. Right. 
We're going to go to this next break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about these things that we really don't want to talk about, but maybe they're holding us back financially from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Supertalk Radio talking about my financial life and, and, and how maybe I've lost a little control of it and it's not really in order, and, and yeah... The bills are an obvious issue. I can see the pile. Mm-hmm. I can hear the phone calls that I'm avoiding. Mm? I can have the little guilt and the little pit in, in, in my son, stomach. Uh, I know. But are there things that maybe I haven't addressed? Things that I'm keeping stuck away somewhere, psychologically, practically, that may have lended to me getting here or helped me get out. Yeah. Uh, and I think both, both instances or both scenarios, uh, there are very probable, you know, whether you're, uh, uh, buried under a pile of, of bills and debts, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, you were buried under a pile of bills and debts and you decided that you didn't want to be anymore. Mm-hmm. What kind of action did you take in order to change either your behavior mm-hmm. or the way you're addressing how you're paying your bills? Mm-hmm. And it's usually a combination of both. Really? Yeah. You know, there, there are financial answers or mathematical answers on uh, probably the best way for people to pay off debt. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, we, we would say from a mathematical point of view, you need to pay off the highest interest debts first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, from a psychological psychological point of view, mm-hmm. it might be better to pay off the, the debt with the lowest balance. Mm. And, and why is that? Yeah. Everybody needs victories or an attaboy uh-huh. or a pat on the back every now and again, uh-huh. right? A little victory along the way. Yeah. Okay. Right? And then you get two or three of those done. You, you got a little bit of sigh of relief. Man, you know what? I, I paid off three credit cards. I'm getting good at this. I'm getting good at this. Yeah. And not only have you paid off, you know, those three credit cards with the minimum payments that you were paying, mm-hmm. now you've got those minimum payments that you can go and attack towards other debts. Ah, that you were yeah. using on the debt you eliminated. Right. Yeah. And it's that snowball thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for some people, the engineers among us, who are all into the math, right. they'll want to attack the, sometimes, especially if it's a credit mm-hmm. card. The highest interest. The highest interest. And mathematically, that is the correct answer. That's the way you should do it. But if you owe $10,000 on mm-hmm. that thing, and you got a couple other things over here that are $200, right. then it may take you a while to feel like you're making any headway. Exactly. So you're yeah. saying... Especially if you're making a minimum $10 payment on the $200 bill, right? Takes a long time. Takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, attacking the thing mm-hmm. that is, is the smallest one, for some of us, is a better answer. So you're saying there's a little flexibility in this planning, Bubba? I, some people can do the highest interest. Some yeah. people can do the lowest balance, whatever. I'm, I'm saying that uh, when, when emotion gets involved... Mm. Uh, you know, you need to be willing to pivot and change based on what works for an individual. All right. So you've been looking at my notes again. So the first thing I yeah. think we have been avoiding is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. The second thing I think we avoid is the admission that sometimes this is emotional. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not trying to get into mental health here. Right. We'll do that when Sanders on the right. when the professionals in the room. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about emotion. You have anybody call you lately about the stock market? Uh, anybody freaking out? Because of what Mr. Putin's doing or what Mr. Powell is doing or what they think Mr. Biden is doing or Mr. Trump left or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Uh, and it actually uh, comprises a, a substantial portion of, of the days and weeks yeah. here lately. It has. And I understand completely. You know, yeah. money is a very emotional topic. Uh-huh. So let's what does, say th- what does money represent? Okay, right. What money is- money represents stability. Uh-huh. Uh, money represents income. Uh, money represents uh, flexibility and freedom. It right? also represents the, uh, the past years mm-hmm. where you gave up on the, the temptation to buy the Maserati. Right. And so yeah. a lot of people take it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put all those years and blood, sweat, tears into this balance, That's this right. savings. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's down 20%. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And here's another thing about our emotions. Three years ago, low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Market's doing fine, you know. Yeah. You had a president that you thought was going to get reelected. Whether mm-hmm. you agreed with him or not, you're on the right or the left-hand side of the yeah. aisle. Most people would have laid odds that he's going to get mm-hmm. reelected. So things seem to be, you know, hunky-dory and smooth mm-hmm. sailing for the markets. Right. Not necessarily for our, our you know, our, our society mm-hmm. or whatever, but we're just talking about markets here. So our... Uh, very wealthy executive producer here that we are always calling Daddy Warbucks, mm-hmm. Phil Womack, comes walking into your office, and let's say he had a million dollars. Now you sit down with him, and you talk to him, and you say, you know, based on your experience and your age and your risk tolerance, you need to be in a 70-30 mm-hmm. portfolio. And you fully explain to him. A 70-30 portfolio like we're going to put together for you is going to go up seven or eight out of every 10 years. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You, would, you may say that. Or has based on history. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're thinking and planning yeah. for for you. Now, Phil, that means that 20 or 30% of the time, mm-hmm. the market's not going to be fun. Yeah. But we're going to own quality, and we've got history on our side. We've got quality companies on our side. we got mm-hmm. the fact you don't need this million dollars right now on our mm-hmm. side. And during those times, we're going to grin and bear it. Yeah. Now, back then, what did he do? He said, that sounds great. Let's sign me up because here's what he heard, uh-huh. right? Okay. He heard, I, I will get uh, above average market rates of return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to make money seven out of eight, or seven to eight years out of ten, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what he didn't hear was that the market has volatility associated with it. And you told him that. And you're probably going to be down two to three years out of every ten, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, and the other thing that he didn't hear or doesn't remember mm-hmm. is that this could be a bumpy ride. Uh-huh. You know, there may be some years when you make twenty percent. Mm-hmm. There's going to be other years when you make two percent. Mm-hmm. There's going to be other years when you make negative. 20%. He didn't hear all that. So suddenly now. And I know for a fact that we said it. Well, right? Of course. You <laughs> but and Daddy, I, Daddy Warbucks does not remember that. He, yeah, he yeah. doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. He just remembers, ooh, above average market mm-hmm. returns. And, and my money may double every 8, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a whole lot better than it did when I had it in the mason jars. Right. Let's go, Bubba. Mm-hmm. And for two or three years there, it worked out. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Really fine. Right. 
And now, one of those two or three years out mm-hmm. of ten is approaching. Mm-hmm. He's in the midst of it. And because he didn't hear it, or he was emotionally attached to the the positive side mm-hmm. because the markets were good then and all the forecasters were talking about no real turbulence here. Nobody could mm-hmm. see the result of the election yeah. because the odds makers and the pollsters mm-hmm. didn't. Nobody could see Mr. Putin acting like he has. Right. Nobody knew three or four years ago a thing called COVID right. would jump on us and we would have supply chain issues mm-hmm. and employment and labor markets and inflation and yeah. all that stuff. Nobody mm-hmm. knew that at the time. It looked good. Right. And he jumped on. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to choke you. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Because emotionally and uh, you know, practically... He didn't hear all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. We have a thing called recency bias. Yeah. Now, what is recency bias? Recency bias is when all you remember is what you feel now. Mm-hmm. Okay? So last year, the markets were good. So all that people remembered was the market was great. And Bubba calls mm-hmm. them up and say, really great year. We may need to pare down some of your extremely mm-hmm. uh, high flyers yeah. and pull it back and rebalance your mm-hmm. portfolio. What do they want to say to you then? You're crazy. Why would I do that? I'm making good money right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now all those negative things that I just delineated yep. have happened. And mm-hmm. what do people remember and feel right now? Well, so more, more, uh, more currently, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, we just came through tax season, Ooh. right? Um, so last year there was a pretty good return in the market. Uh, most people probably owe a little bit extra in taxes okay. uh, than they typically would. Um, so you've got the compounded effect of owing a little bit more in tax than you typically would and watching your portfolio go down in value. Uh-huh. Yeah. You go yeah. to the CPA and the CPA right. tells you, oh, your account went up mm-hmm. last year and you rebalanced and so you sold some winners and you owe yeah. some tax. And it's on the same day that the market went down 300 yeah. points. And that combo cuts both ways. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. And so then I get emotionally involved with my money. Was I emotionally involved with my money last year when things were just kind of hunky-dory? You know, we'd come out of COVID and things looked pretty good. We'd gotten used to a new Mm -hmm. president and things looked fine and we're just floating along. Was I I really thinking about it much? I I would say that you were emotionally complacent, Uh right? You know, just kind of going along with the flow, kind of thinking that this sort of thing happens every year. Mm -hmm. Because what did we look at, right? Mm -hmm. You've had uh, positive returns in the market, and and I'd have to go back and look to be Mm -hmm. precise on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2018, I think, wound up being positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So even, I mean... I can't remember the last negative year we had. Full year. Full year. Negative calendar year. Yeah, negative calendar year. It's been 10 or 12 years. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So you're not thinking about it. And all of a sudden, somebody ticked you off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? And you don't know whether it was Bubba or Mr. Putin or Mr. Right. Biden or Mr. Trump. You don't know who to blame it on. And not only do I owe taxes, but my my portfolio is down. Yeah. You got to be mad at somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe you don't. 
We're going to go to break and come back and continue to talk about these things. We need to peel back from our personal onion to make sure that our finances are in order at the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus and yours truly Greg Cooley with you on Supertalk Radio as we talk about some of these things in our lives that we really don't want to address but they affect us in so many uh-huh. ways. So we talked about not wanting to address our responsibilities, and we talked about recency our, bias. Yeah, and emotion. Uh-huh. Here's one. The need for urgency. I need to act now. Uh-huh. Now, when I say that to people, I say, you know, you, you come talk to me, there are four or five things here. You don't have a will. I'm going to give you some homework. Next time I see you, I'd like for that done. Uh-huh. All right, you don't have enough life insurance. Uh, we need to take care of that. You don't have a real financial plan. Mm-hmm. How long has it been since you looked at your 401k balance and talked about and thought about uh, rebalancing it mm-hmm. and how it's, in, how's it's invested? Do you have any uh, really idea of what your monthly budget is? There may be some extra money in there mm-hmm. that we can pay for the will and the life insurance yeah. and add to retirement account. Mm-hmm. But uh, people look at me like, well, you know, I'm 46 years old. Yeah. I've never done this. I've lived this uh-huh. long as an adult. Ain't no hurry. But what about tomorrow? Are you promised tomorrow? No, you're not. Hmm? What happens when you pass away with no will? What happens uh-huh. when you pass away with not enough life insurance? What happens when you, uh, you, know, you miss the markets being good or bad uh-huh. and the opportunities afforded by that? What happens when you don't know where your dollars go? Well, you maybe survive until you're 47 years old and you're still in the same boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or how, how about this? Try this on for size. Mm-hmm. Individual comes in and they're 62 years old and they announce to you, I've retired. What do I do now? <laughs> you know, yeah. many, many times we talk about uh, individuals who who die prematurely or have a disability or something along those lines. Catastrophe. What, what about the other catastrophe of living too long or outliving your money? Mm. I, I really don't know which one's worse. I would say outliving your money is going to be a little bit worse. And why do I say that? Mm-hmm. If you're young, you can still probably go do something, right? Oh, earn enough income. For income. Go right? back to work or whatever. Yeah. But- what mm-hmm. if you're 89 and you, can, you run out of money? Yeah, I know. And you're not physically mm-hmm. able or capable of doing that. Oh. Yeah. So, is it really urgent that I address this stuff now? That, in my opinion, it is. But I've, <clears throat> I go back to my point, Bubba. I've mm-hmm. done it this far as an adult. Mm-hmm. It ain't no big deal. Yeah. Why do I need you? Or why do I need you being nosy and telling me what to do? Yeah. I started out the whole program asking you, Mm -hmm. aren't you just trying to control me? Yeah. Isn't that what you're trying to do here? Well, and and maybe the truth of the matter is, is that uh, you're not doing it well on your own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe just a little coaching and you can control it Mm -hmm. yourself. Sure. You won't need me to control you. Right. You can control it yourself. Mm -hmm. But there is a need for me to take yeah. some kind of action today. I can't tell you the number of clients that we've had come in uh, that uh, really just want you there as a sounding board and to hold them accountable. Okay. 
So they, they're plenty capable and can do things on their own, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they want to come in and, and, and have a, an hour-long meeting once a year mm-hmm. just to make sure that they're still on track and mm-hmm. still doing what they need to be doing. Right, right. Those are the exception, not the rule. Yeah. And those are probably the ones who are not going to run out of money when that, they're 89? That's right. Correct. Huh? Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that if they do die prematurely, they're family responsibilities Mm -hmm. are met right those are the ones that even though they may have to pay tax in a really good Mm -hmm. year can be logical about it and say because i made more money Mm -hmm. huh right and not be resentful about Mm -hmm. it but you're right fewer of those Mm -hmm. and you wonder why some people are successful and i'm not right Maybe it's because I didn't see the need to act today. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're married, you decide today. I heard Bubba and Greg on the radio, and man, they did strike a chord with me, and I do think I need more life insurance, or I do think I need to have a financial plan, or I do think I need to have a will, or I do think I, I need, need to, to work save. on my budget. And I need to save yeah. for my kids' college. I, mm-hmm. I do need to do all that. You're going to be able to do that if your spouse is not on board? No, you will not. Do we see them when they come in the office and it Mm -hmm. seems like one of the spouses is pulling the other one in by the ear? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he doesn't want to be here? Right. Is it admitting defeat walking into your office? I think in in the minds of some individuals it is. Really? Yeah. Does that get back to the emotional thing? It does. I got to get over? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it admitting defeat when you go to the doctor? Hmm? You weren't able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Some bacteria or virus, you know, is affecting your sinuses. Right. Is that defeat when you have to go in and get a shot and get a prescription? I don't think so. You see it as help? Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Going to the doctor. And if I don't know how to do something or I can't do something on my own... Mm-hmm. Like painting, right? I, I, I'm fully confident that I'm, I could be a good painter. Like walls and baseboards walls and stuff Walls and baseboards, like that. yeah. Tram, okay. all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I can't stand to paint. <laughs> so it's not the ability here. It's not the ability to, to right, do it. Right, right, right. Or the knowledge. Or I mean, the you knowledge. You figure it out. You can right. YouTube something if you yeah. don't know about uh-huh. the difference between latex and, and oil base and right. all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Right? Correct. So what is it? It's preference, use it's of time. It's preference, use of time. Right. I could, I could, uh, and I, I heard this described to me one time uh, about kind of the same line of uh, painting, uh, mm-hmm. an individual I know uh, about yard work. Okay. And this individual was a professional, uh, and he said, look, you know, I make more money as a professional with mm-hmm. my time on an hourly basis mm-hmm. that I should never do my own yard. Oh. Uh. Right. So, from a financial standpoint, from a financial standpoint, he could go to work and make seventy-five dollars an hour and pay the guy doing the yard twenty-five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars an hour, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and keep the spread and mm-hmm. not get sweaty. Right. From his point of view. Right. Now, for me, yes, I'm. In you the may get personal enjoyment out I, of it. Right. It's part of my physical activity. Mm-hmm. I like it. And my wife, she loves to dig in the dirt. And right. At this point in our lives, we can. So. We do it. Sure. But yeah, I mean, when you look at it mm-hmm. mathematically, 
your friend is right. Right. You know, just stay at work an extra hour. Mm-hmm. Pay somebody else to do that. And you drive home tonight, and ooh, the yard's yeah. in great shape. Mm-hmm. Even the edging was done. Now, that turns me on. Right. When, the, when yeah. you come home and the edging is mm-hmm. done, oh, boy. Yeah. It looks good. I, I like that. Right. Now, let's apply that to the financial world. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe either you don't know how to do something, mm-hmm. you don't have the expertise, or, or you you're intimidated to, to do it. Uh, you don't want to learn. Right. You don't want to do the YouTube mm-hmm. video or do the podcast or, or get online and listen to Cooley and Labus or whatever. Maybe you you've got analysis paralysis. Oh. Where you analyze that? things too much and never make a decision. Ooh. You ever known people that way? I have, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, in times of market volatility, we really see this malady. Mm-hmm. Analysis, yeah. analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. You got people who are very smart. You right. may have engineers, doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. people who know how to do math. People who, right. who they cannot make themselves pull the trigger because mm-hmm. they want to find the bottom. That's right. I'll give you a, mm-hmm. a for instance. Back in two thousand seven, eight, nine, we had a recession. We had the housing crisis. We had all that stuff mm-hmm. happen. Right. Right. Okay. Most people don't know this, but the S&P 500 got down to 677. Looked mm-hmm. it up this morning. Got down to 677. Yep. It's well over 2,000 now. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. All right? So what if I hadn't bought in at 677? What if I'd have done it at 750? What if I'd have done it at 1,000? Right. I didn't have to hit the bottom. Mm-hmm. So don't get into this analysis paralysis where you think you got to be perfect. Right. When you're doing the buying or the selling, mm-hmm. you just got to be in. You got to pull the trigger. You got to see this is my responsibility. You got to get off the sideline. You got to see urgency. Mm-hmm. Hope we helped you a little bit here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.